Oh, I've seen people get excited about this football team. I've also seen people have absolutely no hope for this football team. What I've not seen until this offseason is the bizarre chasm between how people perceive it locally and how it seems to be perceived outside of Pittsburgh. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots on the other two teams I cover in town, those being, of course, the Penguins and the Pirates. We are today, right now, exactly one month out from reporting date at St. Vincent College. For those who don't know what that signifies, it's not just the day that the players will show up in their fancy vehicles or A.B. will land in a chopper or Eli Rogers will convince himself that he's important enough to show up in one of those two only to have everybody scratching their heads shortly before Eli is cut. But it's a month out. And that's not very far from now. And it's definitely not very many moves from now, which means the roster that you're looking at in all likelihood is going to be close to the roster, the final 53 that you're going to have on cutdown day. Which means while there's an awful lot of things to be resolved in a full training camp and three preseason games, It's mostly going to be who fits where. It's not going to be how many more people are you going to bring in from the outside. And speaking of the outside, I had a gentleman stop into our downtown headquarters slash shop on 224 Fifth Avenue. Any of you, by the way, in the Pittsburgh region, more than welcome to just stop in and say hello. We're there Tuesday through Saturday, 12 to 6. And he asked a sports question, as a lot of people tend to do, and his was real basic. He just said, what do you think? What do you think about this team? And I said, I think that me and you and pretty much everyone else in a little circumference around here feels really, really good about it. And I think everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people outside that radius in the football world don't. Why is that? Well, first and foremost, it's the quarterback. We've talked about that on this program quite a bit. They see Kenny Pickett. They see uncertainty. They see this is his first full season as a starter. They see that he doesn't seem to come with that dynamic it factor that we love all of our quarterbacks to have, even before it's their time to have it. And honestly, bluntly, Beyond that, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of thought being invested in it. Whereas, I think that people in Pittsburgh and people who are fans of the Steelers everywhere are going to be a lot more in tune with the good things that did occur over those final nine games in which they went 7-2, and two, rushed for 146 yards per game, shored up their Defense, especially when it came to stopping the run, ended up tied for the league lead in interceptions. and All that comes with various forms of asterisks. I get that. The 7-2 and two didn't come against the cream of the crop. The rushing yardage still didn't feel very complete because the offense wasn't very complete. You wouldn't see the passing game get going until the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. 
The defense, even if you liked what you saw, you've got to recognize that half of them are gone. They might be replaced by better players, but we can't know that right now. I don't know that anybody's even thought about it that deeply, but I do think that when people around here look at this team, more than anything else, there's an understanding and appreciation for the trajectory that this offense is on. The defense, plain and simple, can be trusted. The defense still has T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith on the bookends, Cam Hayward up front, Minka Fitzpatrick in the back, and it's like you can just deal with anything else, right? You know, Cam Sutton's gone, replaced him with Patrick Peterson. That's not so bad. Inside linebackers are gone. They were replaced with, well, anybody else, and that's not so bad. But it's on offense where people get stoked. It's on offense where they rightly and fairly, I believe, recognize that Kenny's going to be a better quarterback this year than he was last year, maybe markedly so. If only because the kid didn't even get first team reps last year. Not in the OTAs, not in the mini camp, not in the training camp, not in the preseason. Not in the first four games of the regular season. That's what you're dealing with. I told you guys, I ran this past Kenny just the other day at minicamp, and he he looks at me and goes, that's it. That's the whole difference. And he's right. He is right. And he's echoed by people all around that locker room. They'll all say the same thing. It's night and day between where Kenny was at this time a year ago to now. But the more beautiful part is that it's not just him. The offensive line, which had been the number one headache at this time a year ago, now looks seriously sound. That doesn't mean it'll be perfect either. It doesn't necessarily even mean it'll be top 10 in the league. I'm not making any predictions here other than to say it'll be seriously sound. I think it'll be an upper half offensive line, and I might be underestimating it. So it's about the trajectory. It's about which direction they're going in. It's about Kenny getting better. It's about the offensive line getting better. In turn, it's about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren becoming more productive. And if you don't think that George Pickens has more in him than what we've seen, already at wide receiver, if you don't think Pat Fryermuth can be more of a factor now that he's got Darnell Washington pulling bodies away from him. I don't know what to tell you. These are really, really good football players who just need a handful of things to go right. And of course, I know, I know, I know the coordinator, blah, blah, blah. Not today, okay? The people who are following this team on a regular basis, not even necessarily closely, but just often enough, will know the difference. And it is a massive difference between that and what the perception is on the outside. When we come back, J1Q. 
Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from Tony, who says, with the talk about Patrick Peterson playing slot corner, moving around, confusing the offense, etc., do you envision that Peterson could end up playing more of a freewheeling role like Troy Polamalu, albeit with a cornerback designation? If so, how would that fit in with Minka Fitzpatrick's role and whoever the other safety is? The answer to that, Tony, blissfully so, is we have no idea. To start off with here, you say the talk about Patrick Peterson. It's not talk. He he did it. He's playing slot corner, okay? <laughs> That's not a secret. Pat Pete talked about it himself after practices um, at OTAs at minicamp. He's not there religiously. He is moving around. But when he's in that slot area, he was, in fact, doing some things that Kenny Pickett openly acknowledged were giving him trouble. And these are just drills in shorts. These aren't even serious. But Kenny couldn't figure out what it was that Pat Pete was doing there. And Kenny told Pat Pete about it. He was like, dude, this is really messing me up. And that's a good thing. Obviously, you don't want your defense to be predictable anywhere, but especially in the middle of the field. Now, to what extent, to answer your direct question there, would he be moving around and freewheeling or being an X factor? I would imagine that it wouldn't be that much. There'd be a parameter or a range within which he could operate, but it's not going to be just bounce all over the field. Minka does have that license, which is why I'm glad you brought him up in this context. Uh, Minka has this defense, certainly the back half of it, designed in such a way that allows him to just be that wild card, read the quarterback, go where you want to go, figure things out, go find that football. But in Pat Pete's case, remember that if he comes with the doubly dangerous edge of being able to show a defense that maybe he's lining up outside, maybe he's inside, or wait a second, wasn't he just over there? What's he doing here? That's a surprise element in and of itself that even Minka can't conjure up. But that said, I, I want to pump the brakes on this to an extent. What you have to do when you're looking at the corners still, I believe, is to look at all of the corners. Um, you can tell yourself, well, if Pat Pete's on the inside, what are they doing with the rest? Well, that means that Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace are your starters. Is it 
Corey Trice Jr. starting after being a seventh round pick? I, I don't know. That still seems crazy to me, even though he did perform very well in the summer workouts. But I, I'm not comfortable stating definitively or even close to definitively that Pat Pete's going to be an inside guy. I think it's going to be part of what they want to do, but I, I can't set that in stone. Not until you see what happens at the outside positions, because if all else fails, meaning both of the rookies flop or Levi flops or whatever, you've got to have Pat Pete on the outside. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 